Welcome to the Making a Runner podcast. I'm your host, Nick, a running specialist, biokineticist, and coach. And I'm your co-host, Davey, aka Davey on the Run. Through our shared knowledge and experience, we unpack the fascinating topic of running. We speak to coaches, athletes, subject matter experts, and everyday enthusiasts to help you improve your running. And ensure that you enjoy every step of the way, wherever the road or trail may take you. This is how runners are made. It's how runners are made, baby. Oh yeah. Nicola. Davide. (laughs) Hello, Leaji. Leaji. Boys. It's oh. a very low energy situation this morning. Low energy start to this conversation. Um, obviously, on, on the 11th of Feb, um, Calvin Kiptum passed away. Um, quite a tragic uh, wake-up call for most of us that morning, hearing of his car accident. Um, obviously, such a bright star that uh, shone for such a short period of time. Um yeah, really felt, I felt heartbroken about the potential, the sadness all around it, what it did for, what he had the potential to do for the running community, what he did over a short period of time. Um, and yeah, we just want to pay some tributes to him and just share a little bit of our own, like, um, little connection that we each had with watching him cross that world record at Chicago. Sure. Well, I mean... I can't forget the day that we were watching it. It's one of those where you flick on the marathon in the morning and you're sitting quite cozy, happy to watch the running unfold. Maybe you've done a run before. But yeah, I guess it's one of those that kind of keep you on your toes right until the very minute that it's happening. You you kind of can't believe what you're seeing unfold in front of you. And eventually you're just standing in front of the TV going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, he's going to do it. Ha- holding your head in your hands. Uh, gosh, the feeling. And I think you summed it up really well there. It was such a short, burning, bright star. But um, like we did in our tribute post to him, we do hope that he's oh, he's legend. He's Because he is, in a very short space of time, he became a legend. That his legend will live on to inspire others and I think it was great that we directed our listeners to Sweat Elite because, sure, they had some tributes and what an amazing man. I mean, we were just watching from the sidelines, which could be the title of this episode. But <laughs> um, we'll, we'll get to that just now. Yeah, I mean, they had some awesome things to share. So if you haven't listened to it yet, really worth it and really kind of summed up the Getting amazing, to know yeah, a little bit amazing deeper, man he was. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I didn't... Um, I didn't know Calvin Kipton, you know, too too much. I um, obviously I know him from his fantastic run in Chicago. I mean, what was it? Two uh, two hundred one. No, two zero zero thirty five. The first man below two hundred one. Yes, correct. So I mean, I, I remember watching the race. I remember seeing the celebration, and I I mean, yeah, it, it is. It's deeply saddening. Uh, I mean, he was so young. Yeah. Um, such a horrible way to go. Uh, a car crash. Um, in Kenya with his coach as well it's a it's it's it is it's extremely sad I mean I was looking forward to seeing him take on Kipchoge you know I mean I mean take on those times and I just think the saddest thing is is the age Mm. and just the the, the loss loss of ability yeah the loss Mm. for the sport so we can't underestimate how much of a loss it is for our sport he was Mm. sort of going to be the guy flying the fag mm. for running and potentially running that yeah. sub two yeah, hour it, 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 it was a shock. And yeah. I, I just think also the, the way that it happened is just, you know, yeah. that just reminds you, you know, life life can throw all sorts of curveballs. Yeah. And one moment you're 
running a two-hour marathon and then yeah i mean so what this teaches us is that next time you line up to your race you better make sure that you're giving it everything you got you don't want to leave anything to the sides you don't want to leave anything to chance make sure you you give it all you got because it could be the last race but that you get to run yeah, but but touch wood, it's not. Touch right? wood, it's not. Touch, touch wood, wood, it's, it's not. not. Yeah. But let let's start off with uh, perhaps. Um, obviously, guys, today we're just going to be doing a catch up between the three hosts. Uh, we haven't had a catch up since uh, the, before comrades last year, so it's been a hell of a long time. A catch up between the three of us. So a lot of things have changed. Um, Davy is about to become a father. A couple yeah. of just a couple of weeks away from that. Hey. I can't believe I'm saying no, those no. words. No, no, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> Um, well, let's go a couple of months. Months, okay. eh? sounds no, better. It, it is a couple of weeks, but <laughs> I think I think what well, Kath is thirty weeks now, thirty weeks in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. So Anytime, hopefully eight weeks. So two months, okay. And so so uh, uh, yeah, two months, <laughs> eight <laughs> weeks. <laughs> I'm panicking. <laughs> if you can't, can't tell. Yeah, you, you're counting down those days, and you've moved to Cape Town, so yes. you left us behind. You left the podcast yes. behind in, in my Durban. Dust. And uh, we've had to travel to Cape Town this week to do some recordings and, with and the guys around. Yeah, it's been a, it's been lovely. And on that note, uh, we yeah. are currently recording in uh, my house in Cape Town. So if you can hear some pitter patter, pitter patter on the squeak, floor squeak. and uh, and some squeak squeak, <laughs> that is Benji and Joey currently tearing around the house, uh, getting their morning jog in. So yeah. we you know we, we're going to respect them at the moment. They are getting their fitness you know fitness levels up. So we do apologize in advance, but it is just the the long hair dash ones having a having a jog. Getting their time. morning jog in for yes. those of us that can't yes. literally all mm. all three of us, Davy. Yes. We'll chat about your broken foot. I picked up a pretty bad flu um, uh, just after... Just uh, after, just before, we're I not say, totally, we're not we'll, sure. We'll chat about line. that. And Leah has also been struggling with her own health issues, which have kept her out of her, her running journey and set her back a little bit. So we're going to talk a little bit about backward steps in our running journey and how to deal with that. But first, I want to just hear from Davey, yes. his forward step to Cape Town. Tell us a little bit about it. How has it been moving to the mother city, running in the mother city? Uh, I can see it's it's done you a world of good. Yeah, I mean, I was obviously anxious about leaving Durban. I think the one thing that I was really saddened about was leaving my running community. Um, dolphins was a huge part of my life. Uh, I was with Dolphins three, four times a week with you, Nick, mm. you know, almost every single day of the week sometimes. So that was like something that really was stressing me out, making me anxious. Cape Town is known as a clicky place. Like I was really, really a bit unhinged and I didn't know what the future held for me. You know, I was leaving everything that I knew behind. But in all honesty, coming to Cape Town, and I want to specify southern suburbs because it really has been quite amazing running here and living here. Um, you know, Cape Town as a whole is a beautiful place. I love the mountains. I didn't really have that big of a connection with the ocean in Durban. And I draw a lot of energy from mountains and just the whole environment that we're in here. So I've really been loving um, my my running journey at the moment I just connect with the environment, which is which is really special. And like I mentioned, I went from a space of wanting to run with everybody and like join all the crews, which is still amazing. I mean, Cape Town is literally the place to do all that stuff. Mm. But eighty percent of my runs have just been solo, on my own, and 
I, I'm honestly my my cup has been overflowing with you know all the good stuff. So mm. I've really been I've been in a good place, um, and it did help that uh, Nick put me on a super block <laughs> as soon as I got here, and we were training for Cape Peninsula marathon so i hit the ground running you know i was doing all the things all the speed works so for me it's it's been it's been lovely um i've been very at home here i do feel like i i don't feel out of place i feel like i can already call cape town home which is which has been a relief and has been special and i think it's going to do a lot for your running uh obviously having previously mentioned in our podcast that you know where you live is well you used to live is very flat yes. you used to try and avoid all kinds of hills yeah, in your hills, running yeah. and now i mean even just looking at your stats just for january and february you've done more climbing in the last month and a bit that you've been here than you almost did uh the entirety of the previous year of your running career so it tells you that you know where you live does matter and how it affects your running and how it potentially can affect uh, injuries as well. No, but we'll get yeah, to that. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I also want to add on two things there that I forgot to mention. Um, first was climate. So mm. a big thing for me was the climate here is unbelievable. So good. Um, there's just, <laughs> yeah, there's no humidity in the air. Leah's, you know. I'm driving. Yeah. Um, Durban is, is a, is a, is a, bowl sauna. of soup it's a it's a sauna and i mean we know this like we've done this you guys are doing it and it is tough but we're assimilated you you are but it still doesn't make it easier i believe if you if you it's good for training though you're training in a more difficult environment and that's mm. why i call cape town the home of pbs for me yeah because you can come yeah, here come step here. out the airplane yeah. you okay, running no. 10 seconds yeah. a k faster comfortably here yeah. just on race pace just because yeah. it feels so much better, it feels so much easier. Sure, there's a lot of wind around, but the actual climate, I feel like it's like someone training at altitude, say in Joburg, training at altitude, coming to Cape Town or even coming to Durban, you'll feel like you've had the advantage. So for me, um, I think it obviously pays to be in a difficult environment training-wise and heat training does a similar thing uh, to yeah, altitude yeah. training. I get that, and I, and I agree with that. Uh, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like you, you, your training runs must be tough because, if I mean, same same thing. If you put on carbon fiber shoes for all your runs and you get used to carbon fiber shoes, and then you go race in carbon fiber, carbon fiber shoes, it's going to be easy. So, you want to train under circumstances that are going to challenge you. I agree with this, but it it is, it's nice. From it time is to time. nicer. No, I know. Yeah. I and get it. The other thing was uh, running at. <laughs> Times that suit you. <sighs> Obviously, Durban um, has... Um, Before the sun comes up. Yeah, Durban ideal. has this crazy thing of running at 5 a.m. in the morning every single morning. And for me, that meant waking up at 4 a.m. because I have to get to Belito. And sometimes that really does affect your, your sleep patterns. And it just... It does. Your, your life revolves around it. What time you go to bed and, and, and. So for me as well, just being here and having the ability to run at times that suit me... I think has played a huge role on my mental well-being. <laughs> and and perhaps played a huge role in your consistency and your ability to run a PB marathon. Yeah, possibly. Maybe Ooh. we can, we, we can, the PB clapping for PBs. Here we go. This is the, <laughs> is that laughing? Yeah. No, that's, no, that's, clapping. that's cheering on. Yeah, we got it. We got it right this time. Um, so both myself and Davey ran PBs this weekend, uh, which feels pretty good. feels, feels very good to go and target a race and have a set time that you want to try and achieve 
and get there and and do it. Um, so Davy ran according to Strava two thirty six, <laughs> but I've already flagged it. So hopefully that gets cancelled. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, he, he ran a two forty two though, pretty good effort considering that the last eight k's. Davy, maybe you can tell our listeners what happened there. Um. Well, yeah. I've tell us about your race day. Let's go with that. Race day was good. I was really um, the fittest I've ever been. Um, and I was stoked and, you know, typical stuff. Uh, I, I wasn't sick going into it. The build-up was good. The, the morning of was good. I got enough sleep. So, you know, ticking all those small wins, like I, I was going into it in the best possible um, fitness, mental space and, and all of that. So race day was good. Um the only thing was the wind challenge. I think that was playing a, a mental effect. And I was, you know, like I was nervous, put it that way, for, for that wind. Anyways, yeah, the race, you know, started. Uh, everything was um, off, you know, like like usual. I, I was hitting my, my splits. Um, there was a bit of wind in the first 10 kilometers, mm. which once again also played some you know mental strings mental strings i believe nick almost considered pulling out at wow. one point where he wow. was like i am not doing this for another 32 kilometers but i mean the wind subsided and yeah i mean we all got into the swing of things um and yeah something very strange happened to my watch my <laughs> either the the cbd affected my gps signal which i didn't get full bars for in the beginning of the run um, or my watch is broken. I don't know. <laughs> but my watch started adding on distance. So, no, my watch started. Yeah, it picked up more yes. distance than my you My watch started covered. adding on distance. So, you so ran at 1.5 kilometers further. I ran 30, I mean, 43.5 Ks. But what this did was when I was at, when, when my watch was showing me 21 Ks coming through at 116. I was still a kilometer away mm. from the actual twenty one. From the actual okay. twenty one. So add on, you know, another three and a half, four minutes or whatever. And my splits were not accurate. So I was eating this information up <laughs> given <laughs> given to me by Garmin. Garmin was telling me <clears throat> You're elite. I'm running yeah, I'm running. 3.30 splits, 3.16 splits, 3.20 splits. And you're like, this feels so easy. I, it must be caked well, no, up. No, no, no. It didn't feel yeah. easy, okay. But I, I remember, you know, I, I, I knew what my average pace had to be for a sub 2.40. And that was 3.47 a kilometer. And I remember for up until 30Ks, I was on 3.38. So I was lying and I had banked time banked time I was like I've got this in the bag and then you know towards the business end of the marathon um somebody came past me and I you know I asked him I decided to ask him excuse me what what distance do you what distance do you have on your watch and he he called it um same distance as the markers so then I realized my distance was off and then, you know, do some mass lift, quick mass, and you start realizing you got to start hauling ass because you're not even going to make sub 240. You've got to start pushing it for sub 245. Um, so, like, panic set off. The alarm bells were going. I was just, in all honesty, I was upset because I had been sold a lie. I had been, <laughs> I had, I was coming in with a comfortable 
2.36, guys. Okay. I was like, this is it. This is amazing. I've done, the I've done I've it. been training for. You know, like patting myself on the back. Then to realize, like, you know, when you've put in that work and then I had to dig so deep, I had to dig so deep to find another gear to start putting in that shift again, because I still had to, and my body was shutting down at this point because <laughs> I had been running 3.20 splits, according to Garmin. And then to add insult to injury, um, out of nowhere, my, my right foot just went, my metatarsal. And I said to someone that I was running with, it feels like I've you know, broken a bone, fractured, fractured my foot. And they said, David Goggins, it, pain is temporary, just keep That's going. Impossible. It's impossible. Can't do that. So I did exactly that. I, 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 I literally, like, I don't even know how I got through it. I was like, I was literally limping and it was so excruciatingly sore. And you know, when you're waiting for pain to subside, like for something to just click back in place, you know, I was waiting for that. Like, oh, I'll run it through and it'll go. It did not go. And it, it, it honestly was excruciating. Anyways, finished the race. I managed to get myself together for a 2.42 and a 20 sec, 25 seconds. Um, and yeah, long story short, I've broken my foot. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the, the next day we had to take David to the hospital, had his x-rays, second metatarsal bone fracture, and looks like it could have been a stress fracture from previous. Um, so I remember at the end of last year, like October, November, David complaining about some pain in his foot, but it wasn't ever anything that like lasted for a prolonged period of time. So we sort of just swiftly moved past it. Yeah. Uh, Perhaps if we had done a little bit more, if we had taken that a little bit more seriously, um, perhaps you wouldn't have def you definitely wouldn't have run the PB that you ran, but you also wouldn't have broken the mm. the foot. But but you know, at, uh, uh, yeah. At the same time, you know, like count your blessings because last night, Nick, you you did say inevitably this would have probably happened mm. um, throughout the course of the year. If I had a stress fracture it was likely going to fracture itself throughout the course of the year. So whilst I'm very bleak because I'm probably not going to, I'm definitely not running two oceans, Comrades is going to be a push, a, a, push, a dog show. It's going to be a grind <laughs> and I'm up for it, but I'm realistically going to be in this moon boot for six weeks and then who knows? It's a foot injury. So I know, then you're going to be a father and you're going to be yes. sleep deprived. <laughs> Put the baby aside. <laughs> Let's not even talk about that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm incredibly bleak. Getting out, you know, you're going to lose fitness. It's it's a real mental battle. But silver linings, like... You got the PB. And that injury could have come at 5Ks, 10Ks, 15Ks. And I believe that I was only able to push... I mean, if, if it was a little bit longer... Who knows? Like if it came at 30Ks, for yeah. 10Ks to run with a, a fractured bone, I, I don't think so. Like, I think Davey, as, as Davey said to me, he had the mental strength because he knew that I was coming. Guys. And, uh, the pressure. I actually, no, I actually didn't. I thought, I was like, if I'm struggling this much, Nick's going to come with a 255. Like, <laughs> the man is done. This guy doesn't back me. Point, yeah. like finished. I actually wasn't even worried about you. I shut myself <laughs> when I saw you finish and I was like, Oh, hey, hey, Nick, what are you doing here? 
Two minutes behind, Davy. Yeah. Two minutes. Yeah. Then I was like, "Thank God, I didn't have like a little like walk break." Yeah, that would have been tragic for Davy. That would have been rubbing salt in the wounds. Yeah, would have run eight k's at the broken foot and still been <laughs> overtaken. But Nick was referred to as the second dolphin home the entirety of the race. So yeah, there that was only five dolphins running the race. <laughs> but I'll take second dolphin home. I've got time now to make up ta- uh, to make up some training before comrades. Maybe yes, you we'll do. But but tell us about your race. Tell my race. Yeah. Yeah, my race was was good, as you rightly said, Davy. And the first eight k's, the wind was uh, through the CBD was quite strong. And I always said to myself that if it was going to be a windy run, and Cape Peninsula oftentimes is a windy run, we're going to pack it in. I was I wasn't going to burn my legs for a run that had no chance of me getting a PB, and then uh, you know miss a week or two out of my comrades training block so i probably would have carried on my training and maybe run another marathon in a month's time or so but uh in the first eight k's it was windy i made the decision to just conserve my energy a little bit i saw some groups going like the sub 245 groups were ahead of me they i let them go and i just said to myself um let's just work a little bit until we get around the mountain. Once you get around the mountain and you're running down towards Simonstown, you'll get a better idea of what the wind is doing. Um, so I worked a little bit, came around the mountain. I managed to catch up to that sub 245 group. I got onto the back of the group. So I really, uh, it really helped break the wind for me. And from that point on, the, the day actually changed around completely. The wind disappeared and it was beautiful. I felt great. Um, I was running the strongest that I've run ever and you know when you're just hitting those times and you just can't believe that you're hitting those times and well, Garmin's feeding you accurate and Garmin stats. was actually yeah. feeding me accurate stats I was matching my time mm. Uh, mm. My, my distance with the that distance markers nice. that was a mistake that Davey made perhaps that's something that you can learn from no, um, because the distance you, markers are always right Davey are they? they're always right are they? the race is going to be whatever <laughs> distance they set it out to be not what your watch so tells you I'm a fool eh? you're a fool okay. man but anyways, I felt good. The last seven Ks were difficult uh, into a strong headwind uh, coming Jeepers. up some hills. But I knew that I was right on the cusp of my time and I felt good. At a stage, if it wasn't for that wind, I felt like I could have run even a little bit faster. So yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about my next marathon attempt. My previous marathon attempt, PB'd by four minutes. Now I PB'd by four minutes again. So now if next time I PB by four minutes again, e- I'm going to go sub 240, Davey. It's written in the oh stars. Yeah, there's that mass. And the other maths is I realized yesterday mm. that it took me six years mm. to improve from a 344 marathon, mm. which was my first ever marathon, mm. to a 244 marathon. Six years, eh? Six years so of in training. Six years' time, you can run a. Eh? <laughs> no. uh, unfortunately, yeah. uh, unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. But if you put it to distance covered, so I've probably run about 10,000 kilometers mm-hmm. in the and six there's years. that old saying hey you need 10,000 hours, 10, to, become a, hours. to become a master 10, of anything 10,000 kilometers that means 60 yeah, but it doesn't take you an hour to run a kilometer yeah 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 but we're talking <laughs> metaphors over here okay sorry <laughs> 60 kilo- for every 60 kilometers run that's one minute improvement on your marathon time I'll take that there's I'm just step. interested in this sub 240, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's like, a challenge. What's the recipe? We'll chat about yeah. it. But man, I was so stoked. I was over the moon because I didn't think, you know, Garmin gives you times that you, you can achieve. And I look at my 5K, I'm like, no way. 10K, no way. 21K, no way. I'm like, the 42 was like giving me a 245.10. And I was like, yo, if that's their best case scenario, <laughs> I've got no chance, man. So to go there and beat that time, I was so, so stoked. Um, also, I was feeling a little bit sick 
at the start of the race. <laughs> uh, the day before, I started coming down with a bit of like sore throat, but lucky it was just the first day. So I managed to to pull myself together, run the race, and the last three days so, have been so. Awful. So Nick had COVID, I had a broken <laughs> leg, and we still got PBs. I mean, guys, this you is can do anything. Incredible story. And 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 for my darling wife watching from the side, tell us a little bit about your your running journey. Uh, <laughs> where it's been in the last few months after your Cape Town marathon and um, how it, how those emotions were playing out watching the marathon unfold in front of you. Because that's that's something that a lot of runners can relate to. You know, you have a race, you, you, you're you training for it or you've signed up for it and now all of a sudden you can't do it. Um, how did that feel? Well, yeah, Cape Peninsula was the first race on the calendar that I would have very likely been participating in. I was set to do the 21 while you guys did the 42. Um, and it's the first race on the calendar that has come and gone and that I've kind of had to make peace with, Barry, and move on from, do a little bit of mourning. But seeing that we are talking Garmin stats, I thought I'd just share <laughs> with you <laughs> Give it to so, some of mine. I don't know if but you've ever trust, seen this. We don't, we don't trust Garmin stats, guys. On your training status, but... You know, we're always concentrating on whether it's, what's that, productive, unproductive. Maintaining, Maintaining resting. Today, mine gave me for the first time a very interesting one, and it is strained. Oh, God. <laughs> I've never heard of strain. <laughs> so, yeah, the picture's God. looking great. My training readiness score is 23, poor, and my heart rate <laughs> variability is 68, low. So, guys, if we're looking at the picture that Garmin is painting right now, picture. it's not a pretty picture. Strange. <laughs> that one sticks what? to me. I mean, can we get the Google, can we get the definition oh. of that word? You carry on, Leah. So, up until we came to Cape Town, these markers weren't looking like this. These were looking quite good. There was a bit of maintaining going on. My heart rate variability was actually going <laughs> up. It was improving. It was getting into that healthy green balanced zone. So, this is quite interesting to me because this is a reflection of what a week's worth of being out of routine looks like in numbers. For sure. There's definitely that Strained. Element. Strained, guys. Strained. Showing, showing signs of nervous tension or tiredness. <laughs> nervous tension. We also do need to add that last night we had a little last supper. Oh, hurrah. We went out we for celebrated. a, we a celebrated. delicious oh meal. Oh, my gosh. And it's actually pretty interesting. As part of this health kick, I've been avoiding all things that kind of like strain my digestive system. I've been avoiding excess sugar, alcohol, excess all of those things. cardiovascular activity. 100% it's been part of it and we'll get into those specifics. But we have spoken about sleep and recovery on this podcast so often. And if you think that one night's worth of jolling or one night's worth of excess, whether that's eating differently, drinking differently, doesn't affect you, it's actually bizarre to see how much it does on stats, especially for sleep. Mm -hmm. I remember and quoting in one of our podcasts that you actually don't go into your REM sleep. And if I look at what my watch is telling me this morning, my sleep quality was absolutely shocking. So what, last it night? looks, yeah, it looks like a dismal picture. That's why she's strained. It looks like a dismal picture, but it also reinforces why the work that I have been doing has been so important. And mm. that work doesn't have a timeline on it. It unfortunately doesn't translate into a training block. And I actually don't know when I can set my first goal yet, but this little week of indulgence, of letting the reins loose again, 
really did show me how much my efforts have been paying off. And that's exciting because I'm really excited to go back home, get back into what's become my routine and see those stats pick up again. But you know, I mean, you are the real hero here, Leah. Because Lol. <laughs> no, <laughs> Why? But I mean, no, but you, because I mean, like my injury, Nick's um, <laughs> COVID, whatever it is, like the news that you got given, you know, with your gut health and with not being able to exercise yeah. and run and all of that this has been a long a long time journey a long time journey that you that you're going to be facing you know um and you love running um so i mean f- for me you know like broken bone broken bone will fix itself yeah there's you, a timeline <laughs> there, there's a timeline I, I really like like i feel for you and i mean perhaps you can backward step to that i mean leah ran cape town marathon last yeah. year and was on the bus thereafter i mean mm. our our running club there's well over 100 people that enter comrades we have mm. barry holland who's going to be running his 50th comrades this year shout out to him <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's, it's, you just get on the bus, you get on the gears. Leah signed up for her first comrades oh, at the I end did. of last year. Have you she sold your entry yet? I haven't. I have some money coming my way. <laughs> That's oh, exciting. So <laughs> I get to sell my two oceans entry now. I'm like, ooh, belly of the beast. <laughs> oh, yeah. but, but the point is, you know, she was going to do comrades. She, she, the one thing she said to me the moment she entered comrades is there's actually a document that has my name and the Comrades logo mm-hmm. on it. Like that bizarre. is a momentous mm-hmm. occasion. That is mm-hmm. a bizarre mm-hmm. thing. Comrades is a is is one of those gold standard like pipeline dreams for so many people and she was going to do it. And not long after, obviously, uh, she started mm-hmm. struggling with her health issues. So perhaps we can we can take it back to that point, how it felt for you. Um, I know that it was quite an emotional journey. It still is an emotional journey, but I must just say I'm very proud of how you've been able to handle it, how you've prioritized your health because it's one of those things. Your health is is something that we all should be prioritizing well over and above mm. our goals or what it is that we currently want to achieve. It's about the long-term longevity for, for me in, in life and in running. Well, exactly. And that's kind of what's urged this backward step, um, which actually feels like such a big forward step now that I have been working differently towards improving my health. Because let's face it, a lot of people come to running because running is good for you, right? So exercising is good for you. But when you're struggling with poor health, and that can be so many different things, that can be a disease, that could be going through a period of sleep deprivation because you just aren't recovering enough. If you are now eating away at your reserves at a rate that you cannot replenish, and you're still asking your body to run and train and perform, eventually that's going to catch up with you. And that's exactly what was happening with me. So if you've listened to the Making Her Runner podcast before or some of those episodes, you'll understand that I have struggled with hormones for quite a while. And it's been quite a confusing journey because like you said, Davey, you've got a broken bone. Cool. This is the protocol. This is how we fix it. This is the timeline. Here's what to do. You can kind of just follow the the recipe, follow the guidelines, and you know you'll get to a point where, cool, this feels good again. I can run. Naturally, the body is all fixed. 100%. And similarly, you know, within our community, I haven't really been able to speak to everybody one-on-one about what's going on. 
Um, but a lot of people have also thought, oh my gosh, Leah's pregnant. You know, that's why she's taken a step back from the running. Sorry, guys, spoiler Leah's alert. Not pregnant. Not pregnant. <laughs> not pregnant. <laughs> but there's a timeline, you know, nine months time, you're going to have your baby. There's a protocol. If you've been running before, you can go and you can run again or you can train through your running. We saw that with Andy. How mm-hmm. awesome. She ran 21Ks with 21 weeks. There's kind of some guidance. There's people who have been there before. But when you're struggling with an issue that is quite specific to you and is maybe a manifestation of lifestyle, you, you're kind of like in a maze and you need to figure out how to build this puzzle of wellness again. And I feel really fortunate to have had the access to healthcare that I have because I've been working with a really incredible doctor. And um, this is where functional medicine becomes quite interesting. And if you've never dabbled with functional medicine or, or even heard of the term, functional medicine practitioners look at the whole. So they consult with you and try and understand the symptoms that you're ailing with and why the whole, the body, is taking strain. So yeah, it's difficult to put into words exactly what I'm doing, but basically if I had continued training the way that I was, I would have gone into full-blown adrenal fatigue, burnout, call it whatever you want to, but not a great picture for our hormones. And like Nick said there, your hormones drive absolutely everything that you are, how you feel, how you show up in the world, and especially how you're able to perform. So yeah, that's me. I mean, you said that so nicely, so elegantly. Mm. It's been a journey. Adrenal fatigue sucks. Dude. eh? I mean, I'd honestly rather think, I actually think I'd rather have a broken bone than adrenal fatigue. Because I remember having adrenal fatigue after comrades, my first comrades. And that was a five-month journey Mm. of like, what is going on? Mm. And it's those underlying issues that you're talking about where you don't know what to do. Yeah. It's like, I'm a black and white person, you know, so it's like, what's the problem? This is it. How do we fix it? But when you, when, when you have something going on with you, like you do at the moment, and it's like, not just so clear yeah. and like, all right, you have a headache, take Panada. Mm. All right, you have a broken bone, put a moon boot on. All right, Nick's got COVID, isolate. <laughs> Nick doesn't have COVID, I feel bad, you know. Oh, you're just throwing out <laughs> But yeah, I mean, Lee, it's, uh, it's, I mean, I take my hat off to you, hey. Like, and I think the penny. Patience as well. The penny yeah. that dropped for us was also like, the cardiac markers which were quite elevated and you know the inflammatory markers were elevated so the doctor literally told us you're you're a moderate risk right now of heart attack and Mm -hmm. stroke i mean leah's 29 years Mm -hmm. old so (laughs) and you don't live that unhealthy of a lifestyle (laughs) so i'm like like, (laughs) it was scary man so it's like you got to take your health seriously and if there is something wrong with you you got to get to the bottom of it you got to figure out and that's what i've really enjoyed about the process of functional medicine is that it's not just what that blood test says or treating the symptoms of yeah it's how that impacts other functions of the body and how the body is intimately interconnected mm-hmm. i mean it's it's so interconnected we speak about it from a running training perspective from a sleep perspective nutrition perspective but actually how physiologically it functions within us it's beautiful how it functions but understanding how that has a knock-on effect on all the other elements of our body is such a crucial element to healing yourself yeah. so um, it's been a very intense journey but it's also been amazing for me to watch how your body has developed and how you've actually refound your health mm. and i think that's that's what 
a lot of people need to try and do when they are struggling, when they're not 100% sure on what what is wrong with them. And, and this journey for Nick has also been quite interesting because um, Leah's been going through a lot of, you know, I mean, it, it's gut-related, right? Yeah, so basically, um, the food intolerances that I have are driving poor gut health and a lot of what we need to function well on a hormonal basis as a female and as just a person depends on good gut health. So our hormones, estrogen, serotonin, actually need to go through a metabolic process that is facilitated within the gut. So there's so many different hormones. It's, it's so difficult and especially because I'm not a professional in these things to dive right into it. But um a lot of those hormones and how they function and how bioavailable they are to the body is actually determined on the integrity of your mm. gut. And because I didn't know about the food intolerances that I was struggling with, I was eating everyday things mm. that you would typically view as healthy. For example, some of the things that I need to avoid right now are onions, tomatoes, mm. cucumbers, eggs. watermelon, eggs. And these were driving inflammation in my body and mm. degrading my gut. Yeah. So... It's functional medicine can also be referred to as root cause medicine because you're trying to find the root cause of what is driving the symptoms. So the symptoms for me were fatigue. My actual body composition was changing. So I was losing muscle mass and I was seeing this on my pace. I went into Cape Town Marathon being able to confidently and easily hold a certain pace. My pace dropped by a minute within a month's time. It was stuff that I could feel on my body. I didn't have as much power in my step. My clothes were fitting differently. I was just underpowered within my day. I needed to take regular naps. So it's, yeah, it's been pretty wild. But what's been amazing to me was being able to take a step back from this. And this is maybe where this relates to everybody, no matter what you're going through, whether it's a broken foot, whether it's a period of illness, whether it's a period of ill health or just a lifestyle change in the sense that you can't train like you were able to. The biggest challenge has been mental because I didn't realize how much self-worth and how in intricately my my identity was tied to being able to wake up and go for a run in the morning and to be able to see improvement within my running as well and that is where the real challenge comes in when we as runners are not able to run it's the mental side of things i mean say less <laughs> honestly yeah. say less david you're living that right now <laughs> no but leah's hit the nail on the head i mean it is it's it's a, it's a mental battle you know it, it's a it's a it's a real struggle so because we know we're going to get better like deep down, you know, you are, you, you got to have that positive outlook on life. I feel yeah. like everybody has to go through something like this. A setback. Except Nick. We're waiting. <laughs> <laughs> We're but, waiting for Nick. Well, Leah, but, what are we going to do to this guy? Oh, eh? shame. Well, look, I think Nick's body responds actually, really poorly to rest. He's only sick right now because he's not working 60 hour actually, days. Yeah. Nick, <laughs> Just Nick need to get back Nick to work. Nick is the glue that holds everything together. So really we, we need him to stay healthy. To get back. But yeah, I, I want to just say, you know, the, the beautiful part about this whole experience of watching Leah from the side has been seeing how she's sort of had to mentally compartmentalize the mm. fact that she isn't going to be able to do comrades mm. sort of 
mourn the idea of comrades because <laughs> it literally is literally you know, mourn i'm sure you do you know you got to mourn your future yeah. goals as a runner i mean you got to mourn two oceans you wanted to do two oceans you wanted to improve on that time you still want to do it by the way you're looking at me and that's not going to happen <laughs> uh but you know, you know she, me, she's had to rechannel that energy and something that's you know we're fortunate at our running club there's a couch 10k program and leah's been able to get herself very heavily involved in that i she, believe she i believe she's called a, a master a champion, champion. a kickstart champion, champion. Wow. get it right and i mean she started swimming she's been getting more into the gym she's just found alternative ways to still live a healthy lifestyle that's and it, eh? retain yeah. the connection to running through helping others mm. and that's what i've been telling davy you're just gonna have to become an influencer for other people not just yourself. Influenza, I say. You have influenza. <laughs> but yeah. what this translates to for anybody trying to understand, okay, but then like, why why are you still training in that way? It's just managing the load. It's it's not complicated. It's, it's taking what you thought you were able to do and minimizing that. So whether that is getting into the gym, whether that is getting into the pool, and those things have been really, really cool. So if we look at aspects of what makes a good runner, obviously training, you need to train, but it's... It's being able to take a step back and really get specific and focus on the other things. So really understanding my recovery. What does my recovery need? Cool. I need X amount of sleep. I need certain supplements. I need to go for a cold plunge. How cool that I've been able to do that. I need to get two really low intensity heart rate mm. sessions in in a week. In like Cape Town. I know that stuff right now. How cool is that? Yeah, you've yeah I'm, I, I think, yeah, you're right. The knowledge that you pick up during these, you setbacks. know, these yeah. setbacks. Oh, and I'm getting strong, guys. I'm in the gym. I'm lifting the heavy things. It's going to so be me, me, me soon, eh? Yeah, man. Baby's going to relive his steady <laughs> days. I'm busy doing push-ups with my crutches. There, oh, I want to see those <clears throat> before I, I, we leave I, here I, today. I, I'm going to float this question out to the, to the greater population because it didn't go down, down so well in the car yesterday. Right, you guys know where I'm going with this, right? We're going to find out now. Two oceans. Do you think? Do you guys think that if I ask them if I can take part in the handicapped race? Oh, uh, Davey. Uh, no. I wouldn't mention this on this platform. No. I don't know. <laughs> okay, you get out of here, boy. Okay, so, okay. <laughs> Mo swiftly moving on then. I think just just focus on yourself. Allow your foot to heal. Mm. It's going to take six weeks. The doctor said I went to the doctor's appointment with you. Nick, uh, I want to quickly <laughs> add there that Nick, Nick, Nick was my chauffeur yesterday because I can't drive. <laughs> And we go to the hospital together <laughs> and we're in the waiting room together and we get called into the doctor's room. So we both go in together <laughs> and Nick doesn't say anything when he walks into this room. Not like, hi, I'm Nick. Hi, I'm, I'm the coach. I'm, hi, the, I'm the, the friend, bio. the bio, the whatever. Friend. Nick just walks in, takes a seat on the chair next to me, crosses his legs. He's got a very elegant yeah, sitting posture. Crosses his legs. And was almost showing off his wedding ring. I was wearing my <laughs> wedding ring. And we continu continued to have this consultation. And every single time I got a piece of news that would like shock me, <laughs> I would like look at Nick. And Nick would look back at me. Give him a comforting a look. A comforting look. Yeah. And I'm convinced this doctor thought we were husband and husband. Yeah. 100%. There's a high probability of that. Which we basically Which are. is okay. Yeah. No, he's my running husband. <laughs> but uh, hey, I'm not too sure about that anymore. I want to just ask before we close up this conversation. First of all, some some lessons from from your race, Davy. Did you learn any lessons on on race day? Um. Yeah. 
Uh, always get full signal on your Garmin that's a good, when that's you a start. Good point. That is very practical. Um, I told David, 10 minutes before the start of a race, just get the Garmin on. And don't believe everything your Garmin tells you. <laughs> and if you're looking at... Go with the distance markers. Yes, uh, go with the distance markers. Um, what else did I <clears throat> learn from my race? Um, I think for me it was quite a challenging race because I ran a lot of it on my own. Um, and I think if I had to run with a group, I would have quickly you know, realized a few things sooner than later. So a solo race is, is, you know, can be a good thing, but, you know, I, th I think there is a huge benefit of finding a group and running with a group and feeding off the energy of a group. Um, a solo run when you're running into the wind and 42Ks on your own is challenging. So ideally, if I had some people around me, a group around me, I would have done that. I didn't have that opportunity this time. I I, I, I had looked behind me. Yeah, and it also I was, depends on the race. Yeah, I was in a very awkward position. For sure. Um, And then, yeah, I, I can't really say, like, anything about pacing. I mean, my nutrition was... I was really happy with my nutrition. Um, I've, I've implemented a new strategy for me, which is carrying bottles on my run from start to finish. I start with a bottle um, from the start with Revive in it, which is electrolytes. Um, I drink one of those and at about 20 Ks, I'll swap it out with a seconder. And that's been a game changer for me because I can sip on it throughout the race. I don't have to, you know, hustle to get a sachet, rip the sachet open, drink too fast or, or worry about what, you know, I get used to it. And for me, you know, it, like I said, it's been a game changer. If you guys want to try that out, I would recommend training with a bottle though. Mm. I didn't train with a bottle. So the one thing I did pick up was from the get-go, after about 8Ks, my arm was getting a bit sore. <laughs> so, you know, don't do anything new on race day. For Luckily for me, it was fine. But, but yeah, you know, a little, trip from, uh, a little tip from me to you, take it or leave it, but train with it. For sure. Tell and, me and about your Yeah, what your did you learnings. take home for, yeah. from your race, Lavi? I think uh, one thing that stuck with me from my race is that regardless of how you feel the race is going – like always keep some skin in the game. Mm. Like uh, <laughs> like keep on pushing. Easier said than done, man. Yeah, yeah. But especially in the first bit of that race, because the race, like especially like a marathon, it can turn around for you. Oh, you know, so it can change cool. quite a lot. Like a 10K, 5K short, it's a short race. A half marathon can also change, but I think marathon and ultra, you know, regardless of how it's currently feeling, believe that it can change or give yourself an opportunity. Put yourself in a position where if it does change, you haven't given yourself or given the goal up altogether. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that, Nick. And that experience for me on Sunday was up in, literally up until 32, as we came into Coke Bay, I believe it was. And you get into Coke Bay and that's where the race opens up and you're expecting to be hit by this wind. It was just calm. Yeah, it was beautiful. beautiful. And at 32 Ks, I was feeling strong. I didn't have this foot issue there was no fracture yet i i was like there's no wind i'm feeling on top of the world yeah. i'm running 338 a <laughs> kilometer here like average pace i was like oh my word what a amazing day. day what an amazing race yeah within 10 minutes all hell broke loose the wind 
came out, a, a bone fractured, and it just shows you, you know, and and that's and that's the point there is that a marathon you got to. You, you can't get to 20 and, 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 and if you're feeling good, be like, oh, you know, the race is done. Halfway there. Yeah. You can't get to 30 mm. because 10Ks is 10Ks. 8Ks is 8Ks. 5Ks on a marathon is a long time. For sure. It's like only until the last 2Ks do you really know like what's sussing because if at. you hit that marathon wall and if, you, if your body really does start to shut down, you will see flames. For sure. So that was, for me, the main thing, the main learning outcome from that race. And also run your own race because I could have pushed myself a little bit harder when it didn't feel comfortable uh, to stick with the pacing group. Eventually that pacing group fell apart and I came in far in front of them. Uh, but, you know, in the first 10Ks, it's easy to feel the pressure, to need to stay with them, to go with them, you know. Uh, so, yeah, run your own race and always believe that the race can turn around for you. Um and yeah. with that, sorry, just to to hop on to what you said there, I, I really thought that it was awesome that you knew, okay, I'm going to take this turn, I'm going to come around the mountain, I'm going to be going downhill over here. Don't underestimate the value of actually being informed and knowing what knowing to expect in race. your race. Knowing your race, knowing your route profile, if you are so inclined, kind of understanding the geography of where you're at and how things could change for you because, yeah, yeah with that, checking in with yourself and reading this information also comes a skill which you need to develop as a Guys. runner and that's making decisions on the fly. It is so crucial. Um, I think that's something that I need to personally yeah. get better on. It's because difficult, Davey. It is difficult, but I mean, you know, I had frustrations. Um, I, I was cursing at myself um, when I was running, you know, in the very beginning of the race and I was completely on my own because now like, I mean, I came 12th. So there were 11 people in front of me and those 11 people were probably 20 minutes ahead of me. So there was big gaps. And, you know, when we were winding around the city, you know, um, I took a wrong turn and people quickly shouted at me. I didn't get very far down yeah. the road because I saw marshals. I thought, okay, marshals are going, telling me to go left. So I went left. And then they were like, no, come back, come back. And I was getting frustrated. You know, I was like, like if I knew the route, yeah. I, I, I was genuinely getting worried that I was going to go the wrong way. Like it was a genuine concern of mine. Yeah. And then also not knowing that the first 10 was stacked with some hills <laughs> and then the last two was stacked with the rest of the elevation. Yeah. You know, if I knew that piece of information, um, I don't know what I would have done with it. It would have been nice <laughs> to know. I'm not saying there was my problem, but it is. Know your route profile. Know where the elevation is. If you have a race of 400 meters of elevation and it all 400 is in the middle of the race, oh, that means something to you. Yeah. I feel like knowledge can be a double-edged sword though because – Sometimes yeah, you can okay. overthink it and then you, you know, you got to be able to give yourself enough adapt, knowledge yeah. and adapt on the fly. And that mm -hmm. I think is what makes really good runners is people that can think whilst they're going and make crucial decisions because you also have to make cutthroat decisions. You don't have the time or luxury to decide ah, oh, in a case time like you got to make the decision now and you got to be willing to stick with it so I think that comes through the experience and the more marathons you run, I mean, we're getting into like, we've done a lot of marathons now I, I can safely say that we've run quite a few races you learn you're always learning something new from us any specific race and i think as long as we're learning we're growing um so it's the same with 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 leah i feel like you know watching from the sidelines i'm sure there was a lot of learning points from that that you'll still be able to take into your future races as you go along 
Yeah, 100%. Um, if I can sum up what I can, or if I can sum up what I've learned in the last two months, um, and I guess make it specific for this platform, and I hope inspiring as well. Um, maybe I should listen to this afterwards and take my own advice. But two things. Don't take your running for granted when it's feeling good. Honestly, like maybe you're feeling a little bit tired. Maybe oh, you get to a point where you're, you're kind of peaking and it's hard to get up. Don't take it for granted. You don't know when that might change. And two, do not undervalue the things that we do that support our running. So yes, training is the most important thing that you can do to improve as a runner, but do not undervalue the rest, the sleep, the nutrition, and everything else that reinforces that runner. Because if you get the basics right, then the training, you're just going to see the returns on that training so much more. Mm -hmm. And also, having said that, if your training is not feeling good, you can very easily look to those other things for improvement and sure. Mm. I can't tell you how quickly things turn around if you just elevate those basics again. Mm. Well, one last thing I just want to add, which um, I've just remembered, um, <laughs> super basic, nutrition. Um, I just want to uh, emphasize my experience once again from a marathon point of view. Um, so the carboload, the carboload that we learned from Annie. Yeah. I mean that has honestly changed my my marathon like experience from performance wise but then also recovery wise. And I would I would honestly recommend every single person to go and listen to the episode with Annie. I don't know which episode number it is, but it, it is it is the one on nutrition so, Davey, it's the, the Two Oceans Special Edition, uh, which was released on the 1st of March, 2023. So, almost a year ago now. Yeah. Uh, it's episode three, Fueling for the Total Sports Two Oceans. But, I mean, that relates to pretty much any uh, yeah, endurance. Yeah, 100%. So, I mean, I really would recommend everybody listening to this that is going to run a marathon, ultra marathon, comrades, two oceans, whatever it is, um, the basic rule of thumb of consuming 100 grams of, car no, sorry, 10 grams of carbs per kg of body weight. Yeah, but simplify it. Just have a little bit more carbs. Just have a little bit more carbs. But use that. Ad, but honestly, just try it. Just, I, I would encourage everybody to, to download my fitness pal and just see. How far off you might how be. How far off you might be. Because that was that was the, you know, the, the big moment for me was actually tracking it. And, and that number, yeah, I mean, you can alter that number. I mean, that's given to us by a professional. But the point being is that when I increased my uh, my carbs and I, and I stocked up on my glycogen levels and I went into a race with an excess amount of glycogen, not only was my performance better, but my recovery time mm. has never been better. I used to be out for a week, maybe two weeks. Like I'd run a marathon and I would just be super sore super 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 sore so if you know take um, performance out of it and just look at the recovery side of things just try it once try it for 48 to 72 hours before increase your carbs try and track it just see where you get go run your race and see how you feel afterwards it is it's for me it's amazing
I just like to reinforce your point over there as well, Davy, and just say that you you really do. You have to go and taste what works mm. for you and that, and be really specific about it as well. Exactly, and each to their own. I mean, I'm not sitting here saying you must eat carbohydrates or, or whatever. Like each to their own. Dietary requirements are specific for everybody. I mean, mm. we've just had this conversation. That worked for me. Um, if you want to try it, go and try it. It worked for Nick. Nick was playing with the dogs <laughs> straight after the marathon. I've seen it, you know, just some advice. Davey, Davey witnessed me eat, eat six hot cross <laughs> buns back to back. I think that's what made him sick because his <laughs> entire immune system was focused on just trying to absorb Digest, yeah. the nutrients and everything else gave up. But hot cross buns, guys, yeah, rocket yeah. fuel. That's, rocket that's fuel. individualization like uh, at its peak over there. <laughs> <laughs> Even our pre-race meal the night before, everybody having their own little everybody thing. Everybody <laughs> had their own meal. You've got to know what works for you, but you've got to practice it. All right, guys, thank you for that. It was a lovely catch-up. Uh, Davey, I wish you all the best with your recovery for your foot. My lovey, I wish you all the best <laughs> and I hope that you get back to your running your strongest ever. And you, and, my and, darling, and, I hope you actually take some time off oh. of running and allow yourself to recover oh, from no, the man. sickness. You, you definitely. Man, you need some mid lemon and an I'm gonna apple. I'm gonna live through you, Nick. All right, my boy. I'll do I'll do my best. Okay, love you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Making a Runner. We hope you enjoyed it and found value in the show. Don't forget to rate and leave a review on your favorite streaming platform and remember to share with your running buddies. Follow our journey on our socials and feel free to engage with us on all things running. We wish you a pleasant run wherever the road or trail may take you. Bye for now.